All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Stop! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a ginger ale. Way to go, gang. Into the zone, Sikora picks it up, got it back, near side, Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 2 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. Nailed it. It was supposed to be the Center's Preview episode, which it still kind of will be, but this episode was hijacked real hard today by Eric Carlson and the San Jose Sharks and the Ottawa Senators. Made an absolutely massive trade, so there's no way we can't open the show without talking about it. I'm Brock Segan, your host as always, with me, Dylan DeBerthew, Michael Beebs-Bondi. How's it going, boys? Pretty good. Yeah, no complaints here. I mean, hockey stuff was happening today, so uh, just sitting at work loving every second of it. We got contracts over here, we got, oh, a little little tiny, uh, huge trade over here, so <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good day to be a hockey fan. Got uh, busy out of nowhere. Yeah. After that Humboldt Broncos game last night on TV, it's like it's like hockey's finally started, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's awesome, it's, it's, it's here. It's back. I'm no, happy. I, it was funny because they were like... Right in the morning, somebody tweeted out about how, like, you know, the Segan contract thing is getting close, so we were ready for that. Segan. And, and then, no, it's Segan. <laughs> and then uh, they were like, oh, Eric Segan. Carlson, you know, rumbling to San Jose. And we're like, oh, man, like, everything's happening. But we 
I don't think anybody really expected like all the news to just drop like sort of at once like with Segan contract. We've had uh we've had some scares with the Eric Carlson trade yeah. before. Yeah, He's been yeah. traded well, twice already. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I saw like <laughs> Carlson to the Sharks almost down, I was like, sure. Yeah, it is. next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I came back. Then. I came back to Twitter like ten minutes yeah. later just to verify. You know, yeah. there wasn't a drone again. I, on a I can't believe went the wrong way. I can't believe that GM relationship was even like still existing after the uh, I know the that's what I was thinking too like I'm like like he just made him look like such an idiot the first time like and just trades him right back to the yeah. Atlantic and I would have thought, thought like how great Wilson that calls off though yeah, that yeah. Clause, you oh yeah him, we get a first it's just we'll like, get to that later yeah. for sure for, but uh it's amazing just you burnt me once I'm gonna admit it put this clause put this in there not even the Atlantic division either it's the whole conference <laughs> um like it matters um the other thing though too before we get into breaking down the Carlson trade, did you guys see how the stars announced the amazing? Yeah, it's phenomenal. Whoever they got, yeah, I saw doing so their good. doing their stuff. I guess it would be their, their social media their, guy, yeah, their animation and well, stuff. He's got more than just yeah, a social, social media guy doing something. Like they got some yeah. animation. Just guy. shooting pucks. Oh, yeah. This guy can use After Effects out his ass. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, the guys heavy so cool. into the eight bit. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. phenomenal. You want to tell them, we should tell them what it was, right? Well, basically, they just turned Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Se- if you didn't see it, they turned Tyler Seagate into like a little Mario character, and he went through an entire Mario level. And then at the end, Jim Nill was just waiting there. Every team too was there, and he would like kind of shoot take him, some yeah. of them out. Like the Red Wings, I remember we were jumping uh, right in a threat. Yeah, yeah, and they just right went right down. Yeah, he took those out in a second. And then at the end, it's just like whatever you've completed your quest, you've earned. And then it yeah. dropped his like contract. The owner and the mascot there. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Yeah, that's how you announce a signing right there. If yeah. you haven't seen it, uh, go to dailyfaceoff.com and click on our Segan um, article just about the signing, and we've got it embedded right in there. Got that juicy little tidbit in there? I, I, I couldn't. Perfect. No, I'd included it. It was so phenomenal. Yeah, so, like, I, opened, I think I, I posted like the actual tweet itself before I even posted the contract details because <laughs> it was just so good. There's a lot of people saying they think the contract was delayed because they just take that's so what's long not, yeah, yeah. that video. They're like, oh, that's why it took you so long to sign. I've been taking, <laughs> making this video for the last I'm three okay months. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Dude, take as long as you want to sign guys to extensions if you're going to make sweet-ass videos. Yeah, I wonder who was on what timeline to make that video. Like, yeah. they, they signed that contract. They're like, dude, you got you 12 got hours yeah. to put this one real thing together. It's going to be killer. You're not going to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, where did um, that come from? Like, how do they convince the whole organization to delay it so, so they can make that video? I don't know. But Love let's it. get into this Eric Carlson trade. So, if you missed it somehow today, living under a rock, and you're going to find out about it on Friday, uh, Eric Carlson, the Sharks acquired... Carlson and Francis Perron from the Senators in exchange for Chris Tierney, Dylan DeMello, Rudolph's Balsers, maybe? Balkers? I think Balkers. Balkers? Definitely not Balsers. Yeah, he's Latvian. Yeah, so definitely Balkers. That's fun. Rudolph's Balkers. Yeah. Josh Norris. Culture. <laughs> a 2019 second round pick, a 2020 first round pick, and two conditional draft picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The conditions on the draft picks. They're not even really conditional draft picks. They're like. I feel like when uh, generally when you hear conditional draft pick, it means there's a pick and it could change what the pick is. Yeah. Both of these picks could very well not uh, even, even exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first one is should the Shar- should the Sharks re-sign or sign Eric Carlson to an extension? Ottawa receives San Jose's second round pick selection from 2021, which would upgrade to a first round selection, not lottery protected, if San Jose reaches the Stanley Cup Finals in 2019. Yep. Likely. The second one, at this point, it's looking Very more nice. and more likely. Yep. Um, 
if Carlson is on an Eastern Conference roster during the 2018-19 season, <laughs> the Senators will receive an additional first-round pick from so, the Sharks no later than 2022. You know what's phenomenal? So about it's not that? even really two conditional draft yeah. picks because two potential draft. Like picks, they, they can't both happen though. Like uh, they can't they can't sign them. And then he can't I get, guess they could to some degree, yes. right? Sign him to give him to give away a, to give away a pick up that trade. Value. So like they're either going to sign him yeah. and have to give him a pick, or they trade him to an Eastern Conference yeah. team. Well, what if they make the finals and they don't extend him? I think they get a first, right? So te- technically, they, they could both happen. That unprotected yeah. first, I think. Yeah, but he can't play. Like they're going to trade him to an Eastern Conference team and then make the Stanley yeah. Cup finals. Not likely. Could happen. Seems, but now, you know what's hilarious about the the second conditional pick there, the one that's uh, the Eastern Conference. One? Yeah, that pick could potentially be like it's worded in the agreement or whatever. It could potentially be one of the pick, first round picks that San Jose got from Florida mm. in the Hoffman deal, which is hilarious. So funny, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so if you're like most of the hockey community and you had never heard of almost every single other name in this trade. Except for Chris Tierney. Yeah. I'm just going to go... 17 goals last year. Chris I've, respect I've got a, I got a little tidbit uh, on oh, all these mind. guys just to let you guys know who they are. Uh, yeah. Going with Eric Carlson to San Jose, Francis Perron. He was a seventh-round pick in 2014. Had 10 goals and 31 assists, 41 points in 112 AHL games um, over the last two seasons. Uh, Chris Tierney goes to... Uh, the Senators, 24-year-old former second-round pick, is coming off a career year, which D just alluded to, 17 goals and 23 assists, 40 points. Um, Dylan DeMello, 25-year-old, solid offensive defenseman, posted strong numbers at lower levels, uh, but he has just one goal and 27 assists in his last 88 NHL games over the last two seasons. Uh, Rudolph's Balkers, 21-year-old winger that was selected in the fifth round in 2015. Uh, Balkers had 77 points. In 66 games in the WHL in 2017, 48 points, 23 goals, 25 assists in 67 games in his first AHL season last year. Um, and then Josh Norris, he was kind of the prize prospect uh, going to Ottawa in this deal. Norris was the number 19 overall pick in 2017 and just finished his freshman year at the University of Michigan with 8 goals and 15 assists, so 23 points in 37 games. Uh, Norris is known as a smooth skating two-way center. But uh, during his draft year, 2017, scouts were pretty torn on him. I, I know that he was kind of ranked anywhere between the first round and third round, which is a huge gap. Uh, you know, he's known, like I said, as a, as a solid two-way guy, really good in his own end, but uh, not the flashiest offensive guy. Won't put up gaudy numbers. So, like, he's never going to be a first-line center or doesn't project to be that anyways. Uh, so those, you know, are all the guys. Not a lot of guys most people have heard of, but, uh, you know, could be a lot of picks going to the center's way. It's just weird how... I don't know if you guys watched the press conference at all, um, but Pierre Seemed Dorian was nervous. just talking. Well, Pierre Dorian, well, it's hard not to be nervous after. Every hard not to be nervous after you traded Eric Carlson. Like, every, yeah. the, you know what I mean? Like, that's. But it was just weird how they were talking about, uh, like, how this was important for the rebuild and blah, 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 blah. But, like, Carlson's not that old. No, and he's no. and he's a generational guy who wanted to be an Ottawa. Like, he was emotional yeah. when he got, like... Yeah, you don't want to leave. He started no, he loved everything it. there. Yeah. He was, like, so such a big part of the community. Like, I just don't understand how he was not, like, a little bit part of, like, your rebuild plan. Like, best defenseman in the league. One of how many them. times did he use the word rebuild, too? He's like, no, yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm going to say rebuild probably about 50 times in this five-minute interview, and then everyone's going to get it that we are rebuilding. Exactly. Oh, thanks, Melnick. So, if, if, thanks, yeah. Dude. Anyways, the rebuild is fully on in uh, yeah. in Ottawa. Good thing they have a first-round pick to uh, use. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Nope. That's going to Colorado as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just weird. Like, it's a big return. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like Tampa almost got as much for Ryan McDonough. Like, they got a ton for him. They gave up more for Matt Shane than they got for Eric Carlson. But you know what? We I, I think Ottawa got torched enough on Twitter today that we yeah. don't really need to, to go into it. We Let's got a lot hope, of. You know, that it works out for them and maybe they'll actually maybe not, win a trade because they're like, yeah, they're their last five. So yeah. You got to hit one, right? But anyways, let's move on to the setters and uh, let's start breaking this down. Yeah. All right. So if you guys didn't listen to the podcast last year, uh, what we do here is we each put together our respective top 10 centers. So we'll go over those quickly, kind of just talk about, you know, maybe where where our differences were and why we each maybe change it up a little bit. After that, we will rip through our sleeper centers, breakout centers, bust centers, and rookies that will have an impact uh, at this year yeah. and, or that we expect to have an impact. Yeah. No guarantees, yeah. but uh, could, we, we, could be fantasy relevant. Exactly. Yeah borderline draftable some yeah. of these guys yeah. um, so Beebs we'll start with you your top 10 centers yeah who you got mine are a little bit different than uh, your guys as we've gone over before the show which is good um, I got number one Connor McDavid no um, way no way not gonna touch it uh, we all know why number two Sidney Crosby Crosby you know what you're getting this is what it's like 13th year in the, in the league, and he does it every single year. Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy, which we've seen as of late, Crosby's an absolute stud at two. And this is where I start to have a little bit of a switch with you guys. At number three, I have, and I couldn't not, Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> um, and for me, McKinnon, um, I have him over Gany Malkin at four, but I'll just stick on McKinnon for this one. Um, very, very similar players. You're going to get a win either way, I believe, if you draft either. But for McKinnon, it's his ceiling. Um, that I, I like. I don't think he's reached his full potential yet, which is kind of scary. Um, and an above 100-point season is totally doable after 97 last year. That's a hot um, take. Yeah, I, it is, but uh, he could also very easily regress and be kind of a bust. <laughs> we've seen it happen in previous years before this, but I think he's you know, he, he's not going to go backwards, um, or at least he shouldn't that much. He, he The one thing about McKinnon that kind of moved him up for me and really solidified him at three was Joe Bender's shown that he has 180 million percent faith in that line <laughs> to do everything for the team. Based so, on last year, you should. Absolutely. They're phenomenal. And he's kind of going with that approach that you can win games with just one stacked line. Well, they have um, to because they don't have anybody else. Exactly, yeah, but it's great. It's the Stars um, approach. Working. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Stars approach with a goalie. Um, but, yeah, for, for me, McKinnon steps up. At that point, um, I expect 40 goals potential from both him and Malkin again both great but for but Malkin comes in at four um and I felt bad moving him there but um I say it every year Malkin's one Crosby injury away from being number two center easily um because he always just freaking tears the league oh yeah Sid goes down you like Sid's healthy yeah exactly but one thing that we also mentioned last year when we were doing rankings and this is why Malkin falls to four for me is we've noticed that Pittsburgh has a tendency to rest their guys during the regular season well even just the mo- exactly. most minor nick yes. is oh yeah Malkin sitting. farted and his cheeks a little sore let's put him on the bench for a game we're playing you know one of the bottom barrel teams um, Jesus so that's it's. I mean yeah that's the difference McKinnon's gonna play 82 Malkin you know might give you a 78 like might, last year might fart apparently yeah he might, something might happen but um, should I just do my top five, I guess, and then we'll, we'll do our bottom five. After. Sure. So to round out my top five, um, I have Tyler Segan. This is a guy who we easily... Says it right. Yeah, Tyler, yeah, you know. Tyler Segway. Uh, 
But he, he has the third most goals in the last five years with 173 in the whole league. Um, so that in itself should almost boost him a little bit higher. But again, center's so stacked. Um, he's coming off a pretty disappointing year with uh, 40 goals, 78-point year. It's funny that Super that's disappointing. disappointing um, because we've seen him be more a 90-point player in the last couple of years. Um, his value ties along with the fact that he plays with one of the best wingers in the game, Jamie Benn. Mm-hmm. As we know... Um, he just signed that huge contract. They got a ton of faith in him. Um, he's a pretty much guaranteed bet to get you goals. And as one common theme that I kind of noticed this year um, is that the guys who are who score more are, are worth more value to me For than sure. the guys who get the assist. And I'm really noticing that with guys like Segan, you know, guys like Stamkos and um, and that. So we'll get into those later. But for me, Segan rounds out my top five. D, what about you? What's your top five looking like? I got McDavid as one at one as well. Um, Obviously, I think he's really the only guy in the league who has uh, a legitimate shot at 110 points this year. Nice. That's the new 100. Yeah. He, uh, well, for him, yeah. for sure. I yeah. am potentially doing 120 if yeah. he just pops off. Yeah. He's, a, yeah. He, he's insane, man. So, he's so hard to project because like, I want to project him for like 120 points. But like, you yeah. I just like it's so difficult to like project him for like 120 and then, like, the next highest 98. But like, that's literally where he what is. Might like, happen, yeah. Well, that's his ceiling, right? But you don't want to go around projecting guys that there's 120 yeah. left in yeah, so I got uh, Crosby at two as well. I actually thought about moving up Malkin to two just because uh, I think basically at this point in their careers, if they're both healthy, I think they're going to be right around the same point totals. And I like Malkin's chances at getting to 40 goals better than Crosby at this point. Yeah. Um, but I went with Sid. He just feels like the safer pick. It's a little bit more ice time. A little bit um, healthier. Yeah, a little bit more support. I mean, unless Castle does end up playing on Malkin's wing this year. I'm a they little change skeptical. It, they change it so much. Yeah, a little like, skeptical of that. He'll be there for that. 25 games and then won't yeah, be there he for He played the, the majority of the last year on the third line, uh, especially after Broussard went over there. Uh, Kessel, that is. So, um, I like Sid over Malkin just by a touch. I think he's a safer pick at two, which is what you want to do at the start of a draft. First round is make the safe pick. Uh, and then I got Stamkos at four. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I got him over McKinnon at five. I just think McKinnon's going to fall back down to earth just a little bit this year. I still love him to get to mid-80s. Um, but just those home and away splits last year really scare me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, that was a little wild. 69 points or something like that nice. at home. Yeah, nice. um, yeah, it was 40 games. Yeah, it might have been sad. I don't even know. But yeah, it was just absurd. Um, so obviously there is an advantage to playing on home ice, but I just don't think that, can, that those kind much. of splits can continue heading into this year. Um, but I, I obviously still think McKinnon's a dynamic player. Um, and yeah, I I just think his assist totals are going to be a little higher than Sagan's, who I have at six, which is why uh, I got gave him the nod over him. Sagan, obviously a proven goal scorer, but all five of these guys ahead of him are. Um, so yeah, that's the that's my top five. Uh, so I have the exact same top three as you, Dylan, uh, McDavid, Obbs, uh, Crosby, a little bit safer, Malkin at three. Uh, I like honestly. Just he scares the shit out of me. Uh, just the durability concerns, which is but, funny to say because Sid missed the whole what two years. Yeah, yeah. but just Malkin like consist- well, that's pretty far in the past. Consistently obviously. misses time. I yeah. uh, actually played seventy eight games last Jeez, year, but you still you have to rank him up there because even when he misses time, 
Like, he always still puts up yeah. gaudy numbers. He can put up 70 points in 50 games. And He's been over a point per game each of the last seven seasons. Yeah. yeah. 512 points in 432 games. Yeah. Like, just a monster. It's just, just a matter of two career points per game, which yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. His whole career, even including shitty rookie seasons, which yeah. he didn't even have. So. No, no he, that was, didn't exist for him. But, like, no. even, like, I only have him projected at 69 games. So, like, you have that, like, potential for him to miss time, yeah. like, a good chunk of games. And even at 69 games, 83 points. Yeah. And if he plays 82 or 78 again, he can pop off for 98 like he did last year. Yeah. He's only finished under a point a game once in his career. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four, I have Steven Stamkos. Um, Just a ridiculous goal scorer, obviously. One of the safer picks in the league um, to, you know, crack 40 goals. But then the real reason I pushed him up to four this year was he turned into an assist machine yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. 59 apples. I mean, I guess playing with Nikita Kucherov helps that a little bit. So, it's like realistically, I don't think he's going to repeat 59 assists. But even if he gets up to 45, yep. 50, and then he goes off for you know 40 goals, uh, shooting percentage was down last year. Career low set 12.7%, uh, <laughs> which funny. is hilarious yeah. to say. But like he won't be scoring 27 again. I think obviously the goals will go up. The assists will come down a little bit. He'll nestle in there somewhere yeah. somewhere around my the 85-point mark. My only concern with Stamkos is the shot totals have uh, gone down in the more recent years since you know he's gotten more support around him. He no mm-hmm. longer has to shoot as much. He's not the threat to break 300 shots that he used to be his last two full seasons he had 212 last year and then 216 in 2015-16 obviously missed a lot of time yeah 2016-17 uh, so that's the only reason i deferring to kucherov more than he than exactly he has. yeah well back in the day when it was just him and saint louis yeah, there right just saint louis was just feeding him yeah. yeah just ripping bombs uh the number five for me is tyler segan uh since joining the dallas stars only alexander ovechkin has scored more goals than segan over that five-year stretch uh, also ranked sixth in the league over that uh, time frame at a point nine nine points per game, mm-hmm. just gaudy numbers yep. really all together. Forty uh, forty threat. Uh, I I have I'll start the bottom six I guess now as well. I'm going here. I have Nathan McKinnon at six. Um, not really a knock on McKinnon. Uh, I think obviously last year was just a little bit too crazy. Um, I just think the thirteen point seven shooting percentage, eleven point nine on ice shooting percentage in addition to the the ridiculous home road splits, makes me a little bit nervous. I just think that we you kind of know what you've got in the top five. They're going to hit their marks for sure. Uh, obviously, McKinnon's got a ridiculous ceiling. It's just, it, it, it makes me a little bit nervous um, to take him ahead of any of those top five guys. Number seven, John Tavares. Big offseason signing. Uh, the, you know, maybe this is the time that he, we talked about it last week that he finally puts up that just absurd mm-hmm. season. You know, the best surrounding cast he's ever played with in his career. So maybe this is the time. But to this point in his career, he doesn't have the high ce- as high of a ceiling as these other guys yeah. have. Um, and I'm just the, the, like I'm just a little skeptical of the ice time. Like The, the Leafs like to run three balance lines. Um, and I'm just not convinced he's going to get 20 minutes a game this year. Not going to be playing yeah. 25 minutes a night like yeah, Nathan McKinnon is. Yeah. Um, then I have Austin Matthews at number eight. I think they're... Uh, I think... Tavares will probably outpoint Matthews this year, and Matthews will outscore Tavares, but it won't be as big of a difference that you put Matthews over Tavares at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine for me is Alexander Barkov. Just absolutely love everything about this guy. Um, great two-way player. Like we talked about a little bit last week, plays just the most amount of minutes. Yeah, ridiculous. Second most among 
all centers last year behind Kopitar. Yeah. For a second, and Kopitar, as we know, was just a horse and, and a half. Yeah. yeah. Coming off a career year, uh, I like his chances of, like, I think that what he did last year is probably right around his ceiling. I don't think that Barkov's going to pop off for 95 this year, but he is, uh, I mean, Kopitar did it, and they have very similar games, but <laughs> yeah. um, I think, like, I like him for that high 70s, low 80s point total, you know, 30 goals, 50 assists type of deal. And then uh, Jack Eichel, number 10 for me. I think that this is Jack Eichel's year. Yep. Um, I was reading something the other day about how... Just don't get he's, hurt. He's just, yeah, he's kind of, he's just got a, a, like this nice slow progression that, you know, some other future stars are, are I guess not really future stars, but now stars have, yeah. had, have had, yeah. And uh, he's, you know, he's getting better with each passing year. Obviously, injuries are a bit of a concern, but still, over those injury-plagued couple of years, he's tied for 19th in the NHL in points per game. Just kind of showcases uh, how good he can be if he can stay healthy. So I think, yeah. you know, better surrounding casting he's ever had. Yeah, I was going to say, this is his This best. is his year. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's all been going there while playing with dog shit. Now yeah, he's, he's got, <laughs> now he's got t- line mates, Jeff Skinner. I think this is the, the, the Eichel year. I think he cracks top 10 yep. centers. Just uh, turned 21. Can finally party. Yeah. Big year. Yeah, you need to drink when you live in Buffalo, but yeah. we won't touch, <laughs> we won't go there. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, but, uh, Beebs, what do you got? Uh, six through 10. All right, so for my my six, I got Steven Stamkos. And really all that I wanted to add on to what Brock said, um, and this is kind of piggybacking off of his, um, he's averaged 34 goals every year in his career. Um, yeah, it's just across a Across 10 years. So you, if you put that with his 59 assists last year, I'm um, not going to say he's going to do that, but say you just did, and that's his average. You're still getting a 93-point season, which is pretty freaking disgusting. Um, and that would put him around third on this list um, if he could do something like that, I think, third or fourth. So that's not too bad. So I got in there. We talked about it. Lethal. Number seven, John Tavares again. The, it kind of blew my mind when I was looking at him. He's never been over 86 points in a year, which is right. – that's high, but for someone like that, I know. Honestly, like when he signed and stuff, and I did just a ton of research on him. Like it was stunning to see yeah. this. The numbers, like he seems so much better than his. Like yeah. if you just looked at, like if, if somebody was like who didn't know a lot about hockey, signed saw like all the hype surrounding him and how much money he got paid this offseason. Somebody just went and looked at those numbers. They'd be like, "What? Why has Vincent yeah. Trocheck not getting that? Yeah, it's crazy." What? No, yeah, exactly, but he does so much He's more just an already. absolute stud, and, yeah. Yeah, you're bringing in a, a freaking leader and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, got well, the eight, honestly, got I, think, today. I think part of it is, like, Love that. you just don't see guys who are a threat to go point a game reach unrestricted free agency oh, yeah. this year. Oh, for sure. And, you know, Tavares did have a couple underwhelming seasons in 15, 16, 16, 17, 70, and 66 points, but if that's your floor, like, it's that's tremendous. That's still not yeah. bad, yeah. He's obviously a really good hockey player, but I, and I think to your point, Brock, like there's just been so much hype surrounding him since he was a junior yeah. hockey player. Oh, the yeah. first one to get uh, the exempt status, yep. uh, play a year early in the OHL. He played as a 15-year-old. Um, so there's just oh, been so much hype, and he has so lived good. up to that hype Crushing. to a degree. Yeah, oh, for sure. No, um, but but yeah, I, I mean, he's been over 80 points three times in his career, so I, you know, he's obviously a very good player and just much better than you'd ever see. And like the thing reach too unrestricted is, free agency in the NHL or normally. So. We're looking at it from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. The yeah. Maple Leafs are looking at it. We just want to go out there oh, and overwhelm yeah. teams Absolutely. and win games. Mm-hmm. You know what? They're not looking. They don't care if he hits if he gets to seventy or eighty six. As long as yeah. they're winning games, who it's gives like Jonathan Taze. Like exactly. I'm not gonna draft Jonathan Taze. No. If I had a hockey team, oh, he'd be my number one. Side. But I think that this year, Tate Tavares is gonna go. Like very early in drafts, yeah. oh, like you're gonna see early. him going oh, in the top three. Yeah, like top, pe- 
Like people, like that. People are Maybe going to do drafts, but <laughs> I think he's. I think his ADP is going to be a lot yeah, it's higher. Be yeah, like a lot of people are going to take him in the top five. A lot of people are going to take him in the in the top. Th- like it's going to happen. Yeah. I think Yahoo has him ranked at eight or nine on their preseason rankings. Might be seven, but it's uh, it's right around there where you know. I, most people that you draft with are just going to be using those rankings. They're not going to be looking too much more into mm-hmm. it. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a stretch to make from that standpoint. But probably I mean, we've not got him at we've got him at eleven. Like, yeah. I think he's, and I think that's right where he should be. But I'm telling you, man, he's going to go top five, yep. top oh, yeah. three no, in drafts. All the way higher than he should. Absolutely. But sorry, to, um, we got off a little little off topic no, there. Yeah, um, and. Um, I just got his counterpart, Austin Matthews, at number eight. Um, this is a guy like Eichel. Um, I mean, I could see him taking that next step. He's already kind of taken the step, but mm-hmm. I could really see him taking that step this year in the superstardom. Um, but like Tavares, you got to be worried about the ice time. We've seen it in, in uh, years past. I just, um, I'm just interested to see if he actually gets on the first power yeah, play no, this year. It's absolutely. crazy to see the kind of numbers yeah. he's put up and on the Leafs' second power no one play. Babcock, like, yeah. someone's going to be plugging that. I don't know. Anyways, I won't get into it. But number nine, Jack Eichel. And uh, a lot of the same reasons as you said, Brock. He just kind of seems to be on the upturn. And, and last year, when he truly got healthy, we were watching some games, and I, I haven't seen too many players dominate, um, much like Eichel. I'm, I'm very biased because I do love him. Yeah. But um, he does have that ability to go in and control the puck at all times. He, he's a, and, and he has Jeff Skinner with him. That's yeah. huge. Um, should have Jeff Skinner. Should have, or at least he has Jeff Skinner around him so that not every him. defense has to focus on Jack Eichel. Um, so he rolls in at nine for me, and I would love to see him take that next step and move into the, the six through eight range. And then at ten, um, I had Barkov, but just to switch things up, I'll go Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, this is someone we're pretty high on every year. We, we yeah. kind of expect him to be that superstar centerman out in Washington, and he always puts up good numbers, don't get me wrong. Um, last year he's 19th in the league with 83 points and 19th in the whole league at the number 10th center still quite good value um, So, but the thing about him is the goals he's not going to get you a ton of those pretty much sure, sure him and Backstrom are, him and Backstrom are like literally the same yep. when it comes to fantasy you get your 50 assists so expect that but if you do draft him Take someone who can yeah. put the puck. I mean, he can. He, he could get there to twenty five. Like he's yeah. not gonna. He's not Joe Thornton where he's gonna score thirteen. Yeah. But four of them open netters. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, because that's all rolls in there. I like Barkov more because of the people around him, which is ridiculous it, to say. It's crazy to think like that. Like we keep like especially this podcast. We've been hyping players like Burakovsky and Verona for a couple of years now and like it's just so crazy that they just still can't seem to get it going when you've got literally well there's just not enough ice time to go no, around I know, it's just especially when you're have... playing Tom Wilson on well, that's, your top that, and that's what I was trying to get to it's like they have Backstrom and Kuznetsov just two premier playmakers and like you think that they'd be able to like if they could just put those guys in the top six with those two guys they'd yeah. score just an abundance of goals but like well like now they got Tom Wilson there just plugging up holes yeah Bang it's just bar. it's just crazy to me. But uh, D, what about you? Six through ten. Uh, I got Sagan at six, so I think I'm the only one to drop him out of my top five. Is yeah, that right? I'm at five. Um, the reason I'll explain it pretty simply. Yes, he scores a lot of goals, but so do all of the guys ahead of him. All the guys are just as legitimate forty goal threats. Uh, you know, McDavid, Crosby, Malkin, Stamkos, McKinnon. All those guys are just as legitimate forty goal th- threats 
as Sagan. And Sagan hasn't gotten uh, over 80 points since the 2013-14 season. I like all those guys' odds at getting to 80 points this year better. Had a Sagan, great player in his own right, but I just think his ceiling's uh, more capped than the other guys. So that's why I got him at 6. He did that, though, kind of too, like, on disappointing stars teams like if that team ever figures it out and that, that top line just true, starts clicking like they're, they're going to be on stop I just like I, I agree the stars can be a lot better but I disagree that his production could reach another level if the stars get better because they've just been so front loaded the whole time he's played with Ben and Radulov you know I, I don't see how it gets a whole lot better no yeah that. no I, I just think that there's Klingberg on the back end I think you know that, what just I mean? that whole line has just yeah. another gear that just hasn't happened yet maybe maybe I could be totally wrong I'm yeah. just I think that there's more there like yeah. it just seems like there should I be I feel you more. I just I just don't see it in the numbers so I can't uh justify putting him in my top five i gotta show some respect to mckinnon's 97 points last year i just don't think sagan has that in him uh but we'll see you know i definitely didn't think mckinnon had that in him last year no um so yeah uh tavera's at seven matthew's at eight i think that's right on with both you guys yep. so i won't touch on either of those uh barkov at nine we've talked about him a lot and then i got kopitar at 10 hey uh 92 points last year doesn't sneak into either of years top 10 it's a little sus but i get well, it because he had it's like 50 position. the year before yeah. Uh, yeah, but he had like 70 for six years in a row. Before. No, and that's why, he, but he's just like, he's okay. he's similar because we right. thought like his upside was capped too, and then all of a sudden he pops off. Right. I just think that he's not as good as he was the one year and not as bad as he was the other. Like, I think he'll, I, I get think that. that he's right, the key is right Yeah, we go. Oh, you got it? So, Kopitar's percentages we were it. a little high last year, and I'm not expecting to hit 90 points again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were obviously be a lot higher, higher up on my list, <laughs> I think even with the incoming regression, though his skill and his role on that team is enough to secure him a floor of about seventy points this season. And I think having Kovalchuk on his left wing, uh, super under the radar for him from a fantasy perspective, it gives him someone to play with. It's a far cry from Alex to follow a year ago, and even Dustin Brown. Obviously, Nine goals Brown was ridiculous, but. <laughs> yeah, how do you pick up 30 points when your centerman has 90? It makes zero sense. You're just... Anyway. Um, so, yeah, you're ha- you actually have a competent left winger for Kopitar to play with now. Uh, not yet. So, I-, I get that Eichel missed time last year. He was right around a point in game. But I just think Kopitar's floor isn't that much lower than the ceiling of Eichel or Shifley. Shifley was the other guy I had just uh-huh. outside of my top 10. Um, Same here. I actually would have Shifley at 11. Uh, but he just doesn't shoot enough for me. He's got a career high of 194 shots, so couldn't justify it. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I think Kopitar, even with the down year he had in 2016-17, he's still a lock to hit 70 points for me. Um, and you know, nice. Eichel could hit 72 points, and we'd be talking about a career year for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just not convinced he can stay healthy for 82 games either after you know two Hasn't straight. Hasn't shown it yet. Yeah, well, he's tw- he's 21 years old or whatever he is, right? Yeah. 21, 22. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's been hurt the last two seasons, played a full rookie year, but we've never seen him put up more than 65 points in a year. Um, so I just can't put that ahead of Kopitar, especially given what Kopitar did last year. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, let's fire it over to the Blue Stones here for 60 seconds. When we get back, like I said, we will talk about sleepers, busts, breakouts, rookies, all the fun stuff. This is the fun part of the show. So enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you back here in 60 seconds. So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds I can't see no other way to complete 
Episode two of the Daily Face Off podcast. Episode four point two zero. Woo! Yes. No. That's how it works. Yeah. Four point two. And then oh, oh, I guess it's four point two one though. Why is it four point two one? Because we are we technically did a Patriotty one. Oh well, oh, then it would be four point three. That that didn't count. That was snippets. That was, now? A, that was a yeah. bonus set. Yeah. Four point two. Four point two. Shut up. That was oh. a downloadable yeah. content. Yeah. Four point two zero. We're talking about centers. D, let's start 4. with 2. you. Sleeper centers. Hit them. All right. I got Ryan O'Reilly mm-hmm. of the uh, the St. Louis Blues. Formerly of the Buffalo yep. Sabres. Um, so O'Reilly, you know, seems to be going a little under the radar heading into the season. He had the second highest point total of his career last year. He's always been a capable playmaker. He's got four straight seasons with at least 35 assists. Five if you ignore the lockout year in 2012. Uh, last year, he shot the puck a lot more, 230 shots on goal. He flew past his previous previous career high of 201. Um, it netted him 24 goals with a modest 10.4 shooting percentage, right in line with his career average. So should have no problem getting back to 24, 25 goals this year, uh, especially considering his new role and his new team. Right now, he is expected or projected to play on the top line in St. Louis with Tarasenko. Uh, way yeah, more... it's not confirmed, but yeah. I've, I've read some reports that that's where they're going to start Maroon, O'Reilly, Tarasenko. Yeah, so just way more talent, you know, not bad, but way more talent than O'Reilly has ever seen, you know, centering second lines in Buffalo and Colorado. So I've got him pegged for 25 goals and 40 assists this year uh, with a real shot at 70 points. Yahoo has him ranked at 137. That's the 11th round in a 12-man league. So just some Wait. serious value there. Beebs, what about you? Who's your sleeper? Uh, I realized while while D was going there that my sleeper pick of Joe Pavelski probably falls more into the right wing category. Um, yeah. No, he's center. He's a center this he year. Was, okay, because I was going to say he was marked. Is it so? Yeah. Yeah, he has he has he has both. Uh, well, he'll have dual eligibility, or he okay. should in in, in right. both Yahoo and ESPN. Um, but he centered almost all last year. That's what I thought I was he like, centered Timo, well, centered Timo Meyer, and then Evander Kane came Thornton, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went. but that, but that should be their first line this year. Games in, yeah, too. it should be Kane, uh, Pavelski, Meyer this year, at least to start. And he's rolling in sleeper for me. Um, also, kind of uh, something I realized when you're talking. How awesome is it that we're finally past like the five year point of that lockout season? Yeah, it's so shit referencing seasons you're like oh i oh, know we had a sick year here, here and there but then in this stupid ass season when we had limited games mm-hmm. he didn't put up as much it's like oh yeah you always had to be like per 82 games uh, or something yeah i know every time so now you know 2018 good year but um my super pick joe pavelski um 
it's another year. It's another year of us telling you Joe Pavelski is good, <laughs> and due to good reason. He's um, sixth in the NHL in goal scored in the last five years. Um, that's the whole NHL. So he out of the top ten centers. That's pretty great. You love that. Um, he may be on a little bit of a downswing of his career as he gets older, um, but I'm still pretty content with that. If he keeps, if he stays at the pace he's at, um, doesn't mean he's not a 30 goal scorer. He's done it plenty of times in his career. He had. And this was upsetting, 22 goals a year ago. And that was um, due to some bad luck. He shot a 9%, which is 2% off of his regular career average. Um, all it's going to take is this guy getting back to that 11. He'll, he'll hit his 30 goals. And it's saying, it's asking a lot, but if Joe Thornton can stay healthy this mm-hmm. year, um, it might help Pavelski a little bit more. We He's running out of these. Him. Yep. Uh, Pavelski's been around the 230 shot range his last four years, like about 10 one way or another each year. So yeah. we know what he's going to give us. And 230 shots is pretty decent production. He's not going to give you 300, but you'll take 230. Um, if he can kind of go back to Pavelski of uh, the previous five years before last year, um, I, I, I I love him as, as a pretty late pick. I think he's going to be. People are going to forget about him. Um, he hasn't scored more than 79 points in a year, but that doesn't mean that he's not consistent. He's averaging 70 points a season through yeah. his last four. So he doesn't necessarily push the needle over, but he doesn't go under. Yeah. So you know what you're going to get from Joe. Joe's a stud. We say it every year. I, um, yeah. I, I still like him. Like I, like I like him to hit at least 65 points this year, I especially so, yeah. with that new look San Jose line. Uh he was awesome when oh, yeah, after Vander King came they over. Even made that yeah, yeah, to that, say that's crazy. Top power play is going to be I meant, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, obviously Carlson, but just like he, I think he was right around a point per game uh, after Vander King yeah. came in last year. So that's really encouraging, obviously. Um, but the the biggest testament I think to Joe Pavelski's game is just his durability, which is super underrated. Oh, plays um, every game. And He's missed one game in the last seven seasons. Combined. Hockey's hard. Hockey yeah. hurts. Like how... 82, 48 Hockey lockout hurts. year. 82, 82, 82, 81, 82. That's Beast. insane. Um, so, yeah. Very underrated, yeah. though. It's true. Yeah. It's easy to project a guy to hit 65 points when he's on the first line on a team like that playing... Plays every single game. At least, game. Yeah, you're assuming he's 80 a games a year. Score. It's crazy. Yeah, no, yeah. Love Joe. Should be an easy 30-35 season. For yeah. Him. So, draft Joe just sitting there. Uh, Carlson and Burns back there now. Oh, Dirty. Do not be afraid of him. Uh, my sleeper is Bo Horvat. Oh, oh, uh, we are 10 months removed from Horvat's hot start last season. Uh, many owners, prob- fantasy owners probably forgot or forget that he started last year with 20 points, 10 and 10, in his first 28 games. Uh, but then he got hurt, never really regained that form after returning to the lineup, finished the season with just 24 points, 12 and 12, uh, in his final 36 games. Still uh, so that no, I had a great year, good, good strong yeah, year. Uh, people though will probably just look at his forty-four points total from last year, and 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 will uh, drop down the draft charts, I would believe. Uh, however, he is going to play massive minutes again, uh, especially now the Sedins are out of town. It's the it's the it's the Brock and Bo show. Bo show. Uh, so those two will play massive minutes together. Uh, if he can be the player that he was in the first two and a half months of the season last year, uh, I think that he can be a definite 30-30 threat this year. I think that yeah. Besser's unreal. I think he's unreal. Only getting better, too. And like they, they're, they're going to play over 20 minutes yeah. a night this year. I, I think that, uh, obviously, he's got to stay healthy, but Bo Horvat is going to be dropping, I think. like People don't really think of him as this, this really offensive guy yet, and... Yeah, I think the fact that they no longer have to pay homage to the Sedins with 18 minutes a night is going to be huge for him. Oh, it's going to be massive. Yeah. 
it's going to be just insane. Um, and then just uh, I wanted to go back to Pavelski for a minute. Uh, he, for the record, is center right wing on uh, both Yahoo and ESPN. And his uh, ADP right now is right around 50. It's very early, um, obviously, to be looking at ADPs. Drafts are just kind of getting underway. Uh, so there's going to be some weird um, numbers numbers out there for everybody to look at. Um, I'm just trying to look right now. 167 uh, for Bo Horvat right now. So uh, we have him ranked right around that area. Uh, but I think that... You get him that late. There's way more upside uh, to be found there. So, uh, Bo Horvat's my sleeper. D, we'll go back to you for our, our breakout center. All right. Um, Actually, hold on. Sorry. I forgot. I have another sleeper just really quick. Yeah. I also just want to talk about Brian Little. Uh, he will almost certainly fall down draft boards after just posting 43 points in, four, in 82 games last year. Uh, however, he's... Projected to spend the majority of this year between Patrick Laine and Nikolai Ehlers, pretty dirty line mates. Uh, I think that he's got, he's been a 20 goal guy in the past. Uh, he's usually right around there, you know, 17 to 20 goals. And I think he has legitimate uh, 40 assist upside if he spends a whole year with those guys. He's going to go super late. He's a guy, obviously, it's a, it's a position that. Good team. Yeah, and but like center is such a deep position that you can kind of like. Just draft him super late. Probably keep him on the bench, yeah. and then if you get an injury, I think he is a guy that can step in. I don't. I've never been the biggest Brian Little fan, but you just have to believe he's going to get some a lot of contact assists just by playing with yeah. Ehlers and Line A. Yeah, and, you know, was, not the most power play exposure, but yeah, he he did spend you know the majority of the season with them last mm-hmm. year before they traded for Stastny. Um, obviously, Stastny not re-signing with the Jets is a huge plus to Little's upside. And I do think it has to be noted that we are expecting both Lonnie and Ehlers to be better this year, exactly. be more productive. Whether or not they get the ice time to do that is yet to be seen, Ehlers especially. Um, but yeah, I do agree that he's probably going to be falling towards the very bottom of draft boards if he gets drafted. And at like, all. you're not going to be able to draft a guy at the bottom of like literally in the last rounds of a draft that mm-hmm. have better line mates than him. Like, yeah. it's just it's Definitely it's not. There's nobody else that you're going to get in the in the twentieth round that's going to be playing with a line eight. Yeah. So. I just think that he's somebody that I would like. I'm going to target in all my drafts at the very end of the draft, and yeah. I think that he does have some some serious upside. But uh, sorry, now let's go to breakout centers. D, what do you got? Okay, so this one feels like a pretty obvious pick to me. I got Pierre Luc Dubois yes. of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's the third overall pick in the 2016 draft. Put up 48 points last year at age 19. Uh, played on that top line with Panarin and Atkinson for the I'd say the majority of last season. Yeah, so he had nearly 800 minutes at 5v5 with Panarin. That was 69% of his 5v5 ice time. Nice, nice. Yeah, so he still had an uh, average time on ice of just 16 minutes and 38 seconds, though. So there's a lot of a lot of room for that to improve, uh, especially with the man advantage. I expect him to get a lot more ice time on the power play this year. Should be on the Blue Jackets' first power play unit. Um, so I expect his game and his role to grow this season. I'd give him a floor of about 55 points, but the ceiling is just so high on a guy like this. You never know how big of a step forward they can take in these yep. first few years. Uh, especially when playing with a guy like like uh, Panarin, you know, just an absolute uh, lock for a point a game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Dubois hit upwards of 60, 70 points this season. There's obviously a threat of Panarin being moved. Uh, he hasn't expressed an interest to stay with Columbus pa- after this season when his contract expires. But I think the Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets will be competitive enough this year um, that it makes it unlikely for them to move Panarin at the deadline or any time before that. 
but Dubois' production would obviously take a, a pretty massive hit if Panarin did move on. But as it stands, uh, I think Dubois poised for a serious breakout year in 2018-19. Yeah. I like it a lot. I mean, he was a guy last show we talked about as a nice waiver wire pickup once. Mm-hmm. We did watch him slot in there with Panarin. And uh, he's a guy who's kind of, um, which for a lot of breakout for me, it's guys who get into their adult body and he's a guy who I think we're kind of seeing get into it once that's he, a funny way of putting it but yeah, it is true it is true and once they do they can take their game to a next level um, and I, I it's like how it. LeBron grew four inches after he got yeah. drafted yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm gonna that one but, uh, but yeah no for me that's a super safe bet and I don't think a lot of people would respect him just strictly on the name um, but no yeah you could probably steal him late in your draft uh, for me my breakout Again, I thought this one was kind of obvious. So sorry about the obvious picks here, guys. But um, Nico Hirscher out. Hirscher, whatever. Hirscher, Hirscher. Everyone says it differently. Yeah, out in uh, out in New Jersey. Um, this guy went first overall a year ago. So I mean, that says something about him. Usually, He's looking to build off a pretty strong season. Um, <laughs> Patrick he was super overshadowed last year by Brock Besser and Matt Barzell, which was probably good for him. Um, and then obviously Taylor Hall dominating out in New Jersey. Um, he was the main focus, but Hirsch, he sure quietly put up 22 goals, 30 assists for 52 in, a, in, a, in his first season, yeah. which is not too bad. Um, but as I put it, 52 points can be on the bottom of my roster anytime, and he's only going up from here. Yeah. Um, so it's got to be considered his floor exactly, heading into this year. Absolutely. Um, he shot 11.3% last year, which is pretty reasonable, pretty pretty normal, and lines up pretty well with his junior numbers. Um, if he can get his, his shot production up to about 180, or up from 180 to about, you know, to above two, mm-hmm. he could we could see him push again above towards that 30 goal mark, like we've seen with some of those other guys we've yeah. mentioned. Um, and a 30 goal score is super useful. Where this guy, I like him a lot, is just, his ceiling is so high. He's playing next to Taylor Hall. He's proven that you know he can be an MVP candidate center um, for a lot of the year. So yeah. I, I like he sure. Yeah. I think uh, I think he'll go pretty late in drafts. Yeah, he's really really similar to Dubois. Like 16 minutes yeah. on on ice a game last year. Um, Stud left wing line mate. Yeah, that that obviously should improve. And just like I said about Dubois, I really think I would, like would not be surprised to see he should put up 70 points yeah. this season. Uh, and I think he's got a solid floor of about 55 points, so long as he stays on that top line, which yeah, there's no reason like why he would move down. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing. They're not really, New Jersey isn't really shooting out the centers right now. Yeah, uh, no, there's literally like zero threat to him taking that role. Yeah, Taylor Hall absolutely loves it's playing with the guy. Yeah. Can't say enough about him um, for whatever that's. We have them so. projected both of them right around um, like the 60 point mark. Yeah, um, but I think like you guys both alluded to, there is some obvious 70 point upside there. Uh, I think 60 is being even just on, on the cautious side, just with who they're playing with. Yeah. I think that they're very likely to get there, and then the upside is huge. We have them right now, right around 8th, ninth, 10th round picks. And if you get them there yeah, right. with that kind of upside. Right. They're, they're guys that have already proven to be great compliments to you know dynamic players. Um, but they also have the potential to just drive offense on their own too. And when you see two guys like that yeah. get together, it's scary. How well, and the one, the, the one thing off. that's very interesting is that center is so deep that if you believe, truly believe that Dubois and Heischer can be these like Elite, seventy yeah. point guys this year, you can spend those first seven rounds just stacking your wings yeah. because it's so thin. Wing, and then, wings are so thin. Yeah, so you just stack up on left wing, right wing. Mm-hmm. Maybe pick up a really good defenseman and a good goalie, and then you can pick up 
that he's sure to do ball in the ninth round yeah. and have just a dominant team yeah. if they end up being right. who we and think And you still got to figure they get at least 55 to 60 points. Yeah. So. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they're almost locks for 60 at this mm-hmm. point. Like, because you got to imagine, like, even if you don't expect, like, their production rates to improve at all, like their points for 60, stuff like that, yeah. you got to assume they're at least going to get an extra minute of ice time, maybe two minutes mm-hmm. um, in their second season. So, but, like, we're saying that they're pretty much locks for 60. If you're going in and trying to fill out your your center or sorry your wings in the ninth round, mm-hmm. you're picking through guys who might not hit fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you're probably gonna drop. Exactly. Well, yeah, or like just like guys that are just gonna be so meh all yeah. year. Like, like Stastny is one that's just popping in my head right so now. Like I'm thinking like even just like a Corey Perry is like right around that range at this yeah. point in his career, and it's like so I would way rather that. stack up. At the top of the draft oh, yeah. and get Nico, yeah, yeah. get Nico later. And, and do, I want both of them on my yeah. team this year. They're unreal. I love get Panner in the first round or second round, and then get uh, Dubois in the seventh. Yeah. Give it to me all day. Hall, Hall, and Heischer, same thing. Atkinson in the tenth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, my breakout center this year is Sebastian Aho. Uh, I've been an Aho just horn tutor for two years three years i don't know if that's i don't know if that came out right we but do tell a lot of people they're like oh you know brock huge here, horn tutor, tutor. <laughs> anyways uh toot that horn brock what do you got through his first two seasons aho is posted a, i can't even talk about this too much why did i say anything remotely resembling what i just said um through his first two seasons 54.3 coursey four and a uh, plus 1.9 relative course. Yeah, I'm literally one of the league's best <laughs> possession teams. You guys are killing me right now. Um, so I'm trying. I'm really trying to keep it together. Last year, he enjoyed a 65-point campaign. Uh, this year, he will likely have the talented Andrei Sveshnikov Ooh. on his wing. Uh, could also still end up playing with Tara Vinen again. Um, but I think... It's <laughs> not a huge <laughs> no. They were great together last year. Tara Biden can't play both wings, so not, could uh, very well end up playing with both, with both of them. Yes. Cool. Um, but I think personally that Aho, he's going to carry that team this year. They're, they've got to be better. They added Dougie. They, they can't just continue to have these ridiculous analytical numbers and not score goals. Yeah. It's just eventually they've got to start scoring and you winning more games. You'd have to think. Um, so I think that this year Aho... Takes a shot at point per game numbers. I think he gets up there right around eighty. Like I, that's obviously a ceiling. I don't have a projected for eighty, yeah. but I really think that he could be a huge steal in drafts, and he is a guy that could definitely break out this year. Just all the talent in the world. You're, um, you're talking about the Islanders, Aho, or the Hurricanes? I was about, I was gonna make the joke. My, my boss you. is gonna be the Islanders I one. I was just gonna come back. I also have smashed Aho. Man, it'd be so funny to do like a like an online. Uh, auction draft and just like throw him up there and yeah. like the other ones too. Like remember the old the other Ryan, Ryan Braun? Braun? Yeah, there's two Ryan Brauns. Hilarious. <laughs> but uh, let's go to bust now. Uh, D, who's your bust center? Uh, I took the obvious one again here. Someone had to talk about him. I'm going to talk about William Carlson. Um, I almost feel bad at this point because we've just talked so much trash about William Carlson. Yeah. And right. he proved us wrong. Yeah, the wild all last year. But you know what? He defied he defied the odds all year long last season. Um, Forty two percent shooting percentage. Carlson will not be able to come close to his twenty three point four percent shooting percentage that helped him net forty three goals last season. Even if you apply his career mark of fourteen point six, which is obviously very inflated from last year's numbers to the one hundred eighty four shots he had last year, you expect Carlson to score about twenty five times this year. Significant drop off from what he did a year ago. And I, honestly, I'd be surprised if he shot around 14% this year. He shot 7.7 in his first two full seasons with Columbus. 
Um, he could obviously offset some of that regression with an uptick in shot volume, but we just haven't seen those kind of proficient shot rates from him yet. So I, I can't bet on it. That first Vegas line was so good at even strength last year. It's the only reason why I'm expecting some fantasy-relevant production from Carlson in 2018-19. Uh, but I, I just think he's going to have such a hard time breaking 30 goals this year, let alone 40. Uh, and you've got to imagine there's going to be someone in your league who's just going to look at those numbers and not think twice about it and think they're getting a steal in the fourth round. Uh, when in reality, he'll be lucky to break 60 points this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, not a knock on anything he did last year. Obviously no. played tremendously. Uh, sure. Everyone his, has to have a His between-the-legs goal was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Probably my favorite that all year backhander in the playoffs. Yeah. Free girl. Super yeah. talented. It's just like the numbers are just it's just too It's just got to come down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think there's some room to meet in the middle there, but I, I just think he's still going to go higher than he should. And it's oh, not people worth... are like people that are like not really like the smartest, yeah. Fantasy owners, like yeah. they're just gonna be like, oh man, this guy is like forty. It, it's so funny because like to think of him as still like a sixty-five, even a seventy-point guy. To me, it's like you're banking on some sort of breakout, which is funny to say, right? Mm-hmm. But you're expecting on some sort of breakout, either in his shot rates or that you know he really can maybe just be a career fifteen percent shooting yeah. guy from this point on. Um, but I, you know. I just don't make a living betting on those sort of things. No. We wouldn't be in year four of the podcast if these were kind of the those were the kind of suggestions we were giving yeah. you guys. Oh, this guy, so you got to stick to our guns. Score every year, yeah. man. Do it. He proved us wrong all last year, but you got to stick to our guns. It's just the way he did it. There's no way to repeat it. You know, you can't repeat that sort of formula again. No. Um, so yeah, I got him as my bust. It's uh, it's impossible not to yeah. have him as your bust at this point, but. Uh, Beebs, who's your bust? Yeah, um, I will say, too, I had third selection of busts here, so uh, <laughs> so I had to take someone that I, I wasn't Bit off the grid. confident with, but uh, and I felt so bad shitting on him. Um, <laughs> Eric Stahl, he's my bust this year coming in. Put up 42 goals a season ago. What um, a god. That was the second highest since his... Um, Rookie year? Or second year? Second year, year yeah. when he ripped up 44. Like 100 points or something? And 55. So good. What so good. Season. Stupid. Oh. Also, I forgot to mention this. It was earlier. so good to see him doing well again, to yeah. be honest. Like, it, it, that's why I feel so bad. I'm yeah. like, oh, he's going to regress. Yeah. Even though I love what yeah. he's doing. Um, he shot 17% last year. Mm-hmm. He averages 11%. And he's had a 13-year career, so yeah, I think those are pretty, yeah. pretty legit averages. Yeah, so no one's just turned into a like. No one's up in yeah. their shot six percent. No, but when they're what 31, Three, 32, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, I also straight guess. Prior to writing this, I put him at 35. So okay. sorry, <laughs> nice. Eric. Thanks. He's been, well, he's been around forever, man. It's yeah. a knock on him for entering the league when yeah. he was 19. Maybe years old. don't put up 100 <laughs> points at 20. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bud. Also, <laughs> how crazy is Stamkos' 60 goal year from a few years ago? I was looking at. Oh yeah, I was saying stupid, but. Um, back to Stoll. Just, <laughs> you know, regression is uh, its definitely expected here. Um, although, I don't... He's, he's been very consistent throughout his career. He's been a, he's, he's hit that 70-point um, plateau over seven times in his career, which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot. So, you know, he can get there, but it's just... He, at this age, downswing of his career... Yeah. Not downswing, but he's getting older. And Minnesota has some centers that could easily take his role on the top spot. That's what scares me. Uh, you got a deep top nine. They do. They got Joel Erickson playing Super. third, who mm-hmm. could easily become a force this year and find his way up the lineup just strictly off of his skill. Charlie Coyle, he's playing right at the moment, but he's been known to slide over. Um, he's huge, could be a force in the middle. And then Miku Koivu, who's just, you know, he's been there forever. Love Miku. Yeah, I mean, again, another 40-year vet. 
But um, <laughs> forty. But yeah. But for me, just stall. It's it, it just was the most glaringly obvious one. I don't see him putting up forty and thirty again. Um, if he gives you sixty points, that's great. But if you're going to be drafting him with the guys who are going to give you a for sure seventy and can give you more, yeah, I would much more like them. Um, Minnesota's just not as good of a team as it used to be as well at the moment. I feel like just I think they could still be good, but they're defense, just but they're, there's uh, just so many good teams now. That's what it is. Yeah, so many and, bad teams, and they're very well they're well rounded too. It's just kind of a thing. So I don't know if you know Stall Stall's not eating up 22 minutes a game like Kopitar Barkov are. Um, yeah, not like you're gonna get them at that point. But if you can get them at that point, I'd much rather the guys who are gonna. Would yeah, you guys uh, rather have young Eric Stall or Pierre Luc Dubois this year? Uh, personally, I'd rather have Pierre Luc. Yeah, I think so too, just because of the ceiling. Like, I think Saul would be so lucky to repeat 70 points, whereas, as we said, we wouldn't be super surprised if Dubois did it. Stall's a year off of, uh, or sorry, just two years off of a 39 yeah. point I can't wait till we can actually look at these ADPs and they actually mean something. Yeah. Great. I'm just waiting. I'm like, guys, I have drafts. Meanwhile, yeah. for my draft. Like, at this point, Hendrik Zetterberg is getting drafted ahead of Nico Heischer. I know. And just the and way the schedule works, like, early, like, I, I'm sure almost none of our listeners have had a draft yet, just because no. fantasy football just takes Actually, one guy tweeted at us and said please draft do an episode Saturday. this week he's got a draft Saturday so okay. oh, you're going to absolutely stay in your position and we, we're doing a mock draft next Monday and one guy couldn't participate because he's got his draft on Monday so the uh, the drafts are starting they're getting underway yeah. I mean you can do two, two drafts at once no? yeah that's what I said. But I could fine. do two drafts at yeah. once. Yeah. I would love to do two yeah, drafts yeah, at once yeah. chill two, bird, nice chill two birds with one cone yeah. Yeah. Two so, birds. sounds like an amazing Monday birds don't at once. this is yeah. the best Monday ever yeah this is the greatest Monday of all time. <laughs> uh, for me, my bus, Sean Couturier. Uh, kind of, I'm in the same boat as you just were with Eric Stahl. It kind of sucks because I've always been a huge Couturier yeah, fan. This hurts and when game. his breakout finally happened, so good. here I am to tear it down. It was so good. Um, however, <laughs> the breakout was just too big uh, for it to happen again, I think. Uh, his shooting percentage went from uh, 9.4 through his first 416 NHL games to 13.7 last year. Uh he also had an astounding 13.1 on a shooting percentage, and neither one of those are sustainable uh, for Sean Couturier, I don't think. Uh, however, I do still think he'll have a great year, uh, but it'll be closer to like 25 goals and 60 points than it was to 31 and 76. I think Giroux is uh, another guy that's going to come back down to earth, but they're they're so deep, that team, that they can still be a really good team, even if those guys don't score as much as they do. Made a good thing out there. Uh, you know, I think we talked about it last week, that Couturier is a guy that could lose his spot in the top power play unit with the addition of JVR, if they decide, decide to put JVR yeah. and Simmons on the same thing, on the same unit. So I still think it's Simmons ahead of Couturier, but he, he would definitely... That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like he could, it's not a guarantee, right. it's just a thing that could definitely happen. Right. Right. Um, so I just think that all there's a lot of things just working against him. Um, again... Can't really look at these ADPs too much. His ADP is actually super ridiculously low right now. So if you get him where he's ranked right now, which is like 150, then he will not be a bust. Right. But he isn't going to go there. Yeah. He's going to go in the top 100 for sure. And it's just, I think, again, at the center position, there's so many guys that can be, you know, 60-point guys. Yeah. And it's just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about rookies. We're almost done Next. here. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back here next week to talk about left wings. But let's talk about our rookie centers right away. And, uh, yeah, let's get through it. Yeah. You want me to go? You've been leading oh, yeah. the pack the whole time. You're not. <laughs> you, got, you got the sexiest one. All right. So, yeah, I got Casey Middlestad here. Um, to be honest, I don't have a ton to say. 
I think projecting rookies is obviously very difficult. Watch and play. You have no so. sample size to go off of whatsoever. Aside from, I think it was five points in six games he put up in his cup of coffee last season, as they like to say. Um, cup of coffee. Yeah, but Middlestad obviously has a lot of offensive talent. 30 points in 34 games last year for the University of Minnesota. Um, very impressive numbers for a freshman. He should be locked into a top six role in the Sabres. Uh, the one knock I would put on that is... I really think there's a good chance Sam Reinhart moves back into the middle this year, which would probably bump uh, Middlestead down the depth chart a little bit. Is he a, is he a center, though? Reinhardt? Yeah. Yeah, he has been. I think I mean, he is, but that's me. Might not be. Just, yeah. I mean, he might be. I mean, sorry. <laughs> right. I, 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 I mean, I guess he could might not be, too. Just he he could might not be, be yeah. Obviously, yeah. picking up Patrick Berglund in the trade gives him a little more depth down the middle, mm. but I'm not sure how much Berglund has left in the tank at this point in his career. Um, so that'll be something to monitor. Um, but other than that, if he does maintain the role in the top six, just so crafty, like he's like a he's a Matt Barzell type of guy. Yeah, he like, was quite obviously the best player at the World Juniors mm-hmm. last year. That's mm-hmm. saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that only right. translates right. well. So I just think with his pedigree, fifty points is more than doable for him if he stays in that top six. Um, and Brock, I know you had him projected for fifty-four this year, so you're obviously pretty high on him. Yeah. I just think like there's only a handful of rookies that are going to come in this year and play top six minutes, damage. and he's one of them. And he's the dope. the, the <laughs> it's crazy to say this because a year ago this was not the case, but the Sabers have some quality wingers yeah. now. They've got some depth on the wings, like and if he plays with a guy like you know even if it's like a Jason Palmonville, he's not the greatest guy at this point in his career, but he's still he's a he's a strong playmaker. Doesn't that, hurt. Like yeah, it's or like an Ocposo, yeah, or a Connor Sheary, or he maybe even a Skinner. Team. Like, there's enough there for him to have, you know, at least a 45 point floor in his rookie season. Yeah, yeah. And as we talked about with our other young guys, we were talking about them coming into their man bod. This dude is pumping a man bod right now. <laughs> he's 200 pounds. He's six one. He's 19. Yeah. Oh my I, God! He's I would be uh, what a freak. He's I would still shit. just be a little hesitant to invest anything more than a late round pick in him, just because. Yeah, we're anyway. talking about how good a 50-point season would be for him. Obviously, there's guys we were just chirping. My we were just chirping how much 60-point seasons don't really matter. At yeah, center, so, so um, you know, you don't want to invest too much in him, but uh, if you're in a deeper league, I think he deeper obviously carries too, a lot of Obviously, upside. he's going to go a little earlier. And we've been surprised by rookies in recent year. Barzell is obviously the one that comes to mind. A mid-round, uh, first-round pick who just exploded last With year. With the Bruins passed on, not yeah. once, not twice, but thrice. Big Right. It's it's not like the Bruins have a knack for passing on generational talents, do they? Mm, Wait, nah. there's Ke- Kessel Ansig. Oh, Ooh. Kessel Ansig again. Ooh. Oh, there's a trend there. There's Weird. a trend there. Passion acts getting traded like any minute. Oh my god, if they didn't get luck. Anyway, we're so lucky. Beebs, rookie center. <laughs> rookie center for me. Um, again, third choice. So I kind of had to stretch. I'm gonna stop using that as an excuse, but I'm gonna continue to use it as an excuse. That's fine. Um, I chose someone who might not necessarily have the um, center eligibility, but Ryan Donato um, out in Boston. I believe he played a couple games at last year. I don't know if he did enough to get himself it. Yeah, I did not know um, if he did. Yeah, but honestly, like, it's either him or I just pick a stick that's going to be chilling in a locker room because there's <laughs> nothing else. Uh, now, there actually is a couple good rookies this year, that, but none of them that are fantasy relevant. But for me, um, at least felt like mentioning Ryan Donato. He was, uh, he's an interesting guy. 
Hockey Reference has him as a center, dude. So oh, there you go. Well, he, he was drafted as a center. Like he's coming in as a center, but I think he spent the majority of last year on the left side. Yeah. But right, but that's just because of how deep the Bruins are down the middle. Yeah, exactly. And uh, even with trading away Sagan, for me, he <laughs> kind of like falls into the category of one of those those late blooming old rookies. He's 22 years old in his rookie season, but Super he's already old. had he had a nice little touch last year. Um, an impressive four goals, five assists. Uh, for a total of nine points in 12 games in Boston, as they were making a huge playoff, not playoff run, they were already in the playoffs, but as they were really fighting for position. So it showed that they uh, they do have confidence in the kid. He came from college, and they put him there to put up nine and 12. Yeah, no, he played um, really well. Super studly. Um, and uh, studly is. Proving that he can, you know, hold it down in the top six. This guy looked actually unbelievable at the Olympics last year as a 21-year-old playing against. It's not saying much because we know that the NHLers weren't there, but there was talent Whoa, whoa, whoa. Derek Roy was there, sir. Right? You right? So was Ilya. Um, and Mason Raymond. Pavel the fastest man on ice in 2007. <laughs> super true. <laughs> true. <laughs> but for me, um, Donato's just a supernatural goal scorer. Um, he had 26 goals and 43 points in 29 college games at Harvard. Um, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Dirty. That's like he went to Harvard. Yeah, so oh, he's smart. He's smart shit. too. Yeah, yeah. He, he got, that's a locker room guy. Yeah. What kind of exceptions do they make for their athletic scholarships? Do we know? I don't think. I'm always know. impressed when I hear like someone went to Harvard, George like Paris, Matt Burke. Yeah, Remember Matt Burke, the center? Yeah. yeah. It's always All the fighters, but this, yeah. Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick went to Harvard, Ryan's right? Back, Ryan's yeah. Back. They got to be kind of smart, right? I, I think they're extremely smart. Okay. I think like you for sure have to be very. Ryan Donato looks like a super smart. <laughs> you at the very least have to be smarter than you are good at sports, yes. right? Because if you so. were better at sports than you were smart, you wouldn't go to Harvard. Does exactly. that make sense? Exactly. Imagine just being in the NHL, but also just being like a Harvard grad. Like, yeah. God, what? be crazy. Also, here we are just hosting a podcast. He's from Boston, so he, uh, you know, he, he got a little like. You didn't go to Harvard because I, got, I did not you didn't go. Get your I did not go to Harvard. I got. But uh, my rookie is Elias <laughs> Pedersen of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, big frame kid, six foot two, uh, good offensive instincts. They were on full display in the Swedish league last year when Vax Joe, Vax Joe, he led Vax Joe Dirty. hockey club. You as looked a, it up before the show. I you just butchered it, Vax Joe. Just pick one. You just had to pick one, yeah. and they wouldn't have questioned it. As a nineteen, none of these people <laughs> go to Vax. Just let me finish. Okay. Yeah. You're right. 19-year-old <laughs> with 56 points, 24 goals, 32 assists while playing against men. Uh, not only did he lead the team in points, but he actually led the team by 15 points. The second leading scorer had 15 points less than he did. Uh, with the Sedin straight retired, uh, Pedersen will step into a key role right away on uh, his rookie season, obviously. Uh, the Canucks, are they like kind of similar to the Sabres. They have decent enough wingers uh, that he, like, middle stats, he'll play with some decent guys, you know, uh, Patterson's gonna play with some decent guys, whether it's a uh, Louis Erickson or you know nobody. They're not garbage. They got that Jonathan Dolan guy who might make the team too. He's pretty offensive as well. Uh, either way, um, I think that he is easily one of the favorites to win Rookie of the Year this year, uh, just based on those numbers alone. I know Vancouver uh, is just super hyped about this kid, so he's my pick to be a fantasy relevant center. I don't know exactly. I can pull it up in about two seconds. If you have uh, a second, I have. You need me to stall for you? I'll stall. You need me to stall? No, yeah, I got it. Okay. Check out Twitter. Look at <laughs> Elias Pedersen highlights. You'll just sit there in awe and yeah. your jaw hit the floor. Yeah. And you'll be like, what the? How I, ha- I haven't projected for 25 goals, 31 assists. So obviously a big year. Uh, it's a big year. Rookie. That's um, a pretty big year. But just same oh, thing tiny. as Middlestad. He's like almost locked into. Oh, thanks, big. Top six role as right. a rookie. Well, I mean, how many years were we calling for the Canucks to just. 
start giving minutes to their younger guys, yeah. Horvat, Besser. Clearly, I'm high on the Canucks. I love Horvat. I love Besser. I love Pedersen. Well, it, well, because, I mean, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but the Sedins just would chunk in as so much of those minutes for no yeah. reason. The Canucks weren't good. 50-point players yeah. at that point. Yeah. Literally just respecting them, um, which I get from, you know, it was amazing, a human right? perspective. But, you know, from running an organization, I think this you This is fancy hockey. We are not yes. humans. Yes. We we don't care about the human aspect of yes. life. We words. Want, we want yes. points. More words. Okay. That's it. <laughs> points. You guys have anything else to add before we fire it over to the Blue Stones? Uh, no, I'm just really craving some Bee Stones right now. Yeah. Oh, I want some Blue Stones well, right now. Let me hit the Bee Stones button. Fire it in there. Uh, that's season four, episode two. 4.20. Okay, wait, look at those wings. Of the DFO podcast. We're hoping to get back on the mics next Monday to talk about the left wing position. Uh, we're going to break, hopefully do two a week until, you know, we get to the start of the fantasy season. We'll drop back down to one. Uh, but anyways, enjoy the Blue Stones. See you guys here next week. Peace! flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.